Production. Recorded live. Good morning, everybody. Um, I have a few people on the call, so I'm going to get started. I'm continuing on uh, the chapter where we left off last week on serum potassium laboratory test. The laboratory test for serum potassium, a quantitative analysis, is a measurement of blood potassium for regulation of homeostasis, osmotic equilibrium, muscle activity, enzyme activity, acid-base balance, and kidney function. Potassium, uh, K+, plus, is the body's major intracellular ion, the uh, cation. A small amount of it are also found in the extracellular fluid. Since the kidneys excrete all of the um, ingested potassium, a dietary intake of at least 40 per day is essential. A normal diet usually includes 60 to 100 MEQ per day of this mineral. In the blood, normal uh, IK plus levels of range uh, plus levels range from 3.8 to 5.5 MEQ per liter. Okay, vital to maintaining electrical conduction conduction within the cardiac and skeletal muscles. K plus is affected by variations in the secretion, otoadrenal steroid hormones, and by fluctuations in pH, serum glucose levels, and serum sodium levels. A reciprocal relationship exists between K plus and Na. The substantial intake of one causes a corresponding decrease in the other. Although the body naturally conserves sodium, potassium deficiency may develop rapidly and is quite common because there is no efficient method of conserving potassium. The serum potassium laboratory test is used to evaluate clinical signs of either potassium excess, hyperkalemia, or potassium depletion, hypokalemia. It also monitors kidney function, acid-base balance, and glucose metabolism, and evaluates arrhythmias, neuromuscular disorder, and endocrine disorders. Hyperkalemia is common in patients with excessive cellular K plus minus entering the blood, as in the cases of burns, crushing injuries, diabetic ketoacidosis, a myocardial infraction. It will also be present when there is reduced sodium excretion from renal failure that causes an abnormal Na plus minus K plus exchange in Addison's disease due to the absence of aldosterone and with consequent K plus buildup and Na depletion. Although elevated serum potassium is uncommon in Gerson therapy patients, if it does occur, supplemental potassium should be reduced or temporarily discontinued. The Gerson-trained physician in charge should immediately be consulted. The signs and symptoms of hyperkalemia are weakness, malaise, nausea, diarrhea, colicky pain, muscle irritability progressing to flaccid paralysis, oliguria, and bradycardia. An electrocardiogram, EKG, reveals a prolonged PR interval, wide QRS, 
Recall tend to T-wave and ST depressions. Indications of hypokalemia are decreased reflexes, rapid, weak, irregular pulse, mental confusion, hypotension, anorexia, muscle weakness, and parathesia. The EKG shows a flattened T-wave, ST depression, and U elevation. In severe cases of hypokalemia, ventricular fibrillation, respiratory paralysis, and cardiac arrest could occur. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, serum chloride laboratory test. The laboratory test for serum chloride, another quantitative analysis, is a measurement of blood levels of the chloride ion C1, the major extracellular fluoride anion, Interacting with NATC1 maintains the osmotic pressure, blood volume, or arterial, or arterial pressure, and acid-base balance. Chloride is absorbed from the intestines and is excreted primarily by the kidneys. By evaluating the body's fluid status, the serum chloride uh, laboratory test detects two types of fluid imbalance, acid-base acidosis, and alkalosis, and extracellular cation anion. Normally, serum chloride levels range from 100 to 108 MEQ per liter. Maintaining a normal amount of chloride in the blood reflects acid-base balance by its inverse relationship to bicarbonate. Excessive loss of gastric juices or other secretions containing blood chloride may cause <clears throat> hypo chloremic metabolic alkalosis or excessive chloride retention. Ingesting it may lead to hypercaloric metabolic acidosis. Elevated serum chloride can come from severe dehydration, complete renal shutdown, head injury, which produces neurogenic hyperventilation, and primary aldosteroism. Manifestations consist of stupor, rapid and deep breathing, and weakness that leads to coma. A state of low chloride levels in the blood is associated with uh, reduced blood sodium and potassium levels coming from prolonged vomiting, gastric suctioning, intestinal fistula, chronic renal failure, or Addison's disease, congestive heart failure, or edema resulting in excess extracellular fluid can cause dilutional hypochloremia. The indications are hypertonicity of muscles and tetany and depressed respirations. Lactic dehydrogenous laboratory test. The laboratory test for lactic dehydrogenous LDH is a measurement of five specific isoenzymes which catalyzed the, ir- the reversible conversion of a pyruvic acid present in all muscles of the body into lactic acid. Many common diseases, MI, pulmonary infractions, anemias, liver disease, kidney disease, and erythrocytic um, damage cause elevations in total LDH, and the LDH laboratory test is useful for di- differentiating between them. The five identified isoenzymes in LDH are LDH and LDH, LDH1 and LDH2 appearing in the heart, red blood, red blood vessels, and kidneys. 
LDH3 in the lungs and LDH4 and LDH5 in the liver and skeletal muscles. Testing for these enzymes is especially appropriate for the delayed measurement of creative um, phosphokinase and associated with MI and for monitoring patient response to some forms of chemotherapy. Total LDH levels normally range from 48 to 115 U per L. Uh, normal distribution of the five isoenzymes is as follows. LDH1, 17.5 to 28.3. LDH2, 30.4 to 36.4. L- sorry, that was LDH2. LDH3 is 19.2 to 24.8. <clears throat> LDH4 is 9.6 to 15.6. LDH5 is L5.5 to 12.9. Since the vast number of illnesses involve the enzymes of LDH, LDH, this laboratory test for LDH is broadly employed for establishing diagnosis. So that's a pretty intense. I'll continue with the next paragraph because we have a little bit more time. Um, aspartate uh, transmenase uh, slash serum glute Glutamic oxalatic transaminase laboratory test. The laboratory blood ex- examination for aspartate uh, transaminase and serum glutamic oxalate transaminase, or AST, over SGOT, is a measurement of specific amino acid residues left behind by nitrogenous portions of the metabolized amino acids. Aspartate, aspartate MNO transferase, otherwise known as AST, is found in the cytoplasm and mitochondria of many tissue cells, primarily in the liver, the heart, the skeletal muscles, the kidneys, the pancreas, and the red blood cells. AST is released into the blood serum in portions to cellular damage, and its detection, together with the creatine, phosphokinase, and lactate dehydrogenase, indicates MI. The test also helps in the diagnosis of acute liver disease. It monitors patients' progress in healing. AST adult serum levels range from 8 to 20 units over L. Normal values for infants are four times higher. Maximum uh, elevations of AST are associated with viral hepatitis, severe skeletal muscle trauma, extensive surgery, drug-induced liver injury, and passive liver congestion. Level ranges from 10 to 20 times normal may indicate severe MI, severe infection mononucleosis, and alcoholic cirrhosis. Moderate to high levels ranging from 5 to 10 times normal indicate uh, ducamine muscular dystrophy, dermatomitis, and chronic hepatitis, along with prodromal resolving stages of diseases. Low to moderate levels of two to five times normal may show hemolymic anemia, metastatic liver tumors, acute pancreatitis, pulmonary emboli, alcohol withdrawal syndrome, fatty liver, and first stages of biliary duct obstruction. We have a few more minutes, so I'll continue with this other test the serum bilirubin laboratory test. The laboratory test for serum bilirubin, the main product of the hemoglobin catabolism, is a measurement of the biopigment 
which indicates the state of health of the liver and the gallbladder. After being formed in the reticulonal cells, the bilirubin is bound to albuminum and transported to the liver, where it is conjugated with glucuronic acid to and from bilirubin, glucuronic, and bilirubin dechloronide. These two compounds are then excreted in bile. Measurements of indirect of or prehepatic unconjugated bilirubin helps to evaluate hepatobiliaria and erythropoietica functions. functions. The serum bilirubin laboratory test shows elevated levels. Um, showing elevated levels often indicates liver damage in which the perineal semial cells can no longer conjugate bilirubin in glucuronide. Indirect bilirubin then re-enters the bloodstream. Also, an elevated reading alerts the health professionals of the possibility of severe hemolytic anemia. This test aids in the differential diagnosis of jaundice, biliary obstruction, and dangerous levels of unconjugated bilirubin. Normally, in an adult, indirect serum bilirubin measures 11 mg over dl or less. The direct serum bilirubin, less than 0.5 mg over dl, neonates having total serum bilirubin ranging from 1 to 12 mg over dl, if elevated to 20 mg over dl for them. It indicates a neonatal hepatic immaturity of congenital enzyme deficiencies. An exchange blood transfusion may then be required. If readings of bilirubin are elevated for adults, the test advises about the possibility of autoimmunity or transfusion reaction, hemolytic or perniaceous anemia or hemorrhage, and hepatocellular dysfunction, perhaps from viral hepatitis. Obviously, elevated levels of direct conjugated bilirubin usually shows biliary obstruction with overflows into the bloodstream. Intrahepatetic biliary obstruction may come from viral hepatitis, cirrhosis, or chloropromazine reaction. Extrahepatic obstruction may come from gallstones, gallbladder cancer, pancreatic cancer, or bile duct disease. So again, that was a pretty intense, uh, intense chapter, and yeah, there's still more to go. Um, I will continue the rest of the uh, this chapter next week because uh, we're kind of at, at our time. And does anybody have any questions, comments, or anything for discussion? No? Yeah, that was a pretty intense chapter as well. So I'll continue next week with the balance of this chapter. And... Uh, have yourself a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend and a great day. Bye for now.